All right, here we are once again. Play the Advantage U.S. Men's National Team Podcast. I'm Danny. As always, joined by Cody. We've got a special guest tonight, Cody. Who we got with us? We got our friend, colleague, former teammate, Coach Kale Rodriguez with us. Kale, good to see you, man. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It's good to uh, talk some soccer, U.S. Men's National Team. So just excited to be here. So before we jump into some of the specifics of right now, U.S. Men's National Team, Kale, give us your favorite ever U.S. Men's National Team memory. Uh, has to be Landon Donovan uh, goal World Cup um, against Algeria. Yeah. Um, in 2010. I just, uh, I recall being extremely frustrated and upset prior and thinking <laughs> this is this is an absolute disaster and then that sure sounds enough, like you uh, just <laughs> not a, yeah very optimistic person but um but no obviously uh what what a what a goal what a what a sequence of events um and uh you know the rest is history so i i it's kind of one of those one of those events you kind of know exactly where you were and when it happened and what you were doing at the time mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um that would be number one for me for sure no no questions I, I love that love that that's a great clip that's one of my all-time favorites too and what a belly slide landon does <laughs> to celebrate. it's gotta be it i mean of all the belly slides of all time I mean, it's gotta be right up there top five probably i think it's really good no doubt. number one for us for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right well i i get to ask the second question kale and put you on the spot again but, uh, you know, we were teammates and roommates uh, at the University of Redlands. So if you had to narrow it down to one, maybe two favorite all-time moments uh, for University of Redlands soccer, what would you narrow that down to? Man, you guys are asking the hard questions tonight. <laughs> yeah, we get, them, we get them done quick. Well, and I'll let you think about it for a sec. As a, as a fun fact, on my recruiting trip, Kale is a couple of years older than me. My recruiting trip, I actually got to stay with Mr. Kale Rodriguez. Uh, and uh, lo and behold, a, a few years later, we un- end up as roommates, as graduate assistants, and uh, become the best of friends. And so, anyway, it's a, it's a small world, and it's fun to see uh, how, how friendships evolve over time. But from a recruiting trip to, uh, to good friends this many years later. Yeah, if you, if you would have asked me on your recruiting trip if I would have ever been friends with this guy, I would have... <laughs> I would have told you no, but um, but no. Um, always enjoyed my my time with Danny for sure, and Bulldog family. Uh, best memories from University of Redlands and soccer. I would have to say the uh, the overtime victory against Claremont. Um, in what was that? Two thousand and eight. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, and you then, assisted. You took the corner kick. And I assisted. Assist, right? Yeah, you know what? I and then probably you know the overtime victory, Jeff Wiley goal against Pomona. I think that has to be that has to be up there for sure. Um, yeah, those two games in the oh, Sky tournament overtime the back win. to back Thursday, Saturday. I mean, those were three of the. I mean, that was an incredible sequence of days. The, oh, my goodness. The funny thing is, is, like, I, I kind of reflected, <clears throat> a, at, you know, upon those games later, and, I'm, and I 
as a player, I never felt like there was like never a doubt like we were gonna win the games. You know, it was just and and I reflected upon it. And I was like, I was like, why did we go into overtime in those games? Like, there's no reason we should have gone to overtime in any in either of those games. But whatever it happened, and but there was just there was never a doubt. Like we were we were always we were always gonna win. Um, you know. It, it, ne- it never crossed my mind as a player in those games that like shit this is this this is overtime you know we may we may falter but um mm-hmm. yeah the, those those two games in that short amount of time span uh, for sure is a was a was epic yeah absolutely and especially in the final right <clears throat> we were down one zero right and just chasing the game yeah. and I think we had like 40 shots and just couldn't find the net and finally get the tying goal Alex Parker and then in overtime Jeff Wiley scores the goal and we all dogpile him and uh it's people running onto the field yeah I mean just incredible stuff yeah oh, man. incredible stuff scenes absolute scenes love it yeah I hope that our U.S. men's national team can uh, get that kind of confidence hopefully or maybe they're building it right now but to the point where they always feel like they are going to win the game, right? Whether it's in a World Cup qualifier or whether it's in uh, a World Cup match, that they know that they have that ability and that extra little bit to go and win that game like we had that year. So talking U.S. men's national team, Kale, gosh, <clears throat> where do we start? I, I think I, I, I want to know, <clears throat> who are you most excited about right now? I mean, if, if we had a... If we had a a World Cup qualifying match tomorrow. Who do you want to see out there on the field for our U.S. men's national team? We're, we're talking a full eleven or full eleven. Yeah, give us your breakdown. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a great question. Um, I'll start the lineup game. The lineup game is so fun. You know? Never gets old. I'll, I'll start. I'll start. <laughs> in, I'll start on the last line because I think that's where the magic happens. Um, oh yeah, always. I was going back and forth a little bit on it. I think if I had to start a game right now, I'd probably go with Josh Sargent. Um, although Daryl DK is uh, is making waves um, at the moment, um, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, I'd go with Sargent. And then underneath him, probably my favorite player in the group is is Gio Reyna. Um, mm. I think his future is extremely bright. Uh, I, I think he has to, has to be <clears> in the eleven. <throat> Um, mm-hmm. Polistic, if healthy, for sure, uh, provides another element um, at a very elite level. And uh, I, if I'm if I'm thinking about shapes and, and systems, um, yes. then I'm gonna, tr- I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna put Aronson in there. Um, mm, I love it. And uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> McKin- McKinney and that Adams underneath uh, underneath Raina. So. Um, those three guys running the midfield, Reyna connecting to the front group, uh, Aronson and Polistic running in the wide areas, um, just being athletic and um, out wide. Uh, I think I think Dest deserves the opportunity. I think he's you know in one of the elite clubs in the world, and and would be hard to not go with him. Um, I'm gonna go with maybe a surprise pick. Um, on the other side, but I, I really believe in Reggie Cannon. I think he, uh, I think as he gains more experience in Europe, uh, with his athleticism, um, his confidence, uh, I think I think he can, you know, be a, a nice element to that group. 
um, moving forward. And then I'm going to play with a back three of uh, Brooks, Aaron Long, and Miazga. Um, okay. It's not my favorite group, but I think that's <clears throat> the most experienced group. Uh, and Certainly. goalkeeper's a tough one for me. Um, I'll go with Stefan. I don't I don't believe that he should be the starter because I think I think the I think a goalkeeper position. Well, who, who do you believe should be the starter? Well, man, <laughs> I don't. I'll go with Stefan because I think he's probably the most talented one. But I think there's there's also an element of like being confident in goal. And you know, if you're not the number one guy in your own club, um, you know, I, I I think that's that's certainly a factor that plays into it. But I'll, I'll go with Stefan at the moment. Um, okay. But so I'm a little bit hesitant on on that one, but we'll stay with him. At the... So so yeah, so I mean, I guess that's a question. Do you? We'll get into the full. We analyze your starting eleven and pick it apart and just rip you to shreds. Sure. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less. So. <laughs> so Stefan, do you feel like he needs to make a move somewhere else, or do you think he's fine staying at City? I mean, he's behind one of the you know, if not one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Sure. So he's. I mean, he's going to always be kind of second fiddle to Ederson. Yeah, no doubt. I but I think the good thing about City is you know they're playing in all competitions and typically playing yeah. you know deep into those competitions so i mean for example he's you know i i believe he'll be starting tomorrow in the fa cup and Correct. you know that's a, that's a big game obviously so um you know the more opportunities he can do get those opportunities to play in, in a big match like that then the better um uh, you know but there, there's always a risk of moving to another club and, and he's not the guy either um so I think it would be in his best interest to be the guy consistently, um, but you know, you want it to be somewhat of a lateral move, not not something that you know is, is moving back to try to go forward. So that certainly plays plays a role um, in that. But I, I don't know if he's had those conversations or is that something that's he's even considered. But you know, you would you would think your your number one goalkeeper for the national team is is the number one goalkeeper in whatever club that he's playing for. Uh, yeah. Oh, but that's a good point. Definitely a valid point there. Yeah. So, Kale, if I'm looking at your formation, I think you might have gave us like 15 players there. <laughs> yeah, no, I was. Uh, you know, I was uh, thinking about that, <laughs> and I was going, okay. So it sounds like he's going in a three-back system, and uh, I thought it was a three-four-three, but it sounds like it's a three-five-three. So I think three-five-three. Three, I gave you one extra he's, player. He's trying to. He's mm-hmm. trying to slip one more in the field. <laughs> sneaky little sneaky Kale. Tactics. <laughs> well, I did, I did talk about some those other, are the but, tactics. You know, uh, okay. So I'll go. I'll go three four three. Let's take out Aronson. We'll, we'll move. Okay. We'll move Pulisic up. Uh, sorry, we'll move uh, Reina up to the front group. Um, okay. And he'll he'll be okay. the one that connects more down. The other two will shift across a little bit. But uh, but yeah. And then Can Cannon and Dest, right? You have as the wing backs. Yeah, they'll be the wing backs. Connecting the cannon back line, on the right or the le- cannon on the right or the left. Yeah, probably. You know, I think Dest has experience on the left side a little bit more so. So you know, trying to put probably Reggie out of his comfort. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, look, this is this is the fun of the game. I'm not the coach. I don't have to make the tough decisions. So. Yeah, yeah, but hey, we we get to make you coach tonight. We, you are Coach Kale. <laughs> so three four three. Okay, so you got McKinney, Adams, plus your wing backs there. The back three, and then Pulisic, Reina, and Sargent. Okay, yeah, no, I like that. I think I mean 
I'd feel very, very good about it. if we put if we had a World Cup qualifier tomorrow. I'd feel very good about that team. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the back line. You don't love it. What do you not love about it? I just, I just don't think those are elite players in, in world soccer. And I could say that probably about most of every player on the roster, you know. But um, you know, look, Aaron Aaron Long's garnering interest from top clubs but he's not he's not there yet you know so um you know i think he's a good player i don't know if he's he's an elite player brooks has been around for a while now but i don't know that you've ever looked at brooks and like all right this is the guy that's gonna man the back line um you know he has obviously a tremendous amount of experience but um you know he's been in and out of the roster over the years so then that tells you a little bit about about him and Miazga, same thing. You know, a guy that moved over to Chelsea but never really, you know, didn't sure. didn't really get time there. And so, you yeah. know, there's question marks there. But, um, but you go with the best guys that you have, and and I think those guys provide you with a little bit more security, a little bit more experience. Um, you know, so, um, and I, I just like this three back look. I, I, yeah, but that's, that's yeah. Let's just dive. Me. Let's yeah. Let's dive into that. You know, because that's been kind of a topic. Certainly, you know, we saw Berhalter go at the three four three recently for the first time, and mm-hmm. seemingly, I, I mean, I can't remember remember the last time. That's a. I think that's the first time he's done it. Yeah. So you know, it's always been a consistent four three three leading up until this most recent game, right? And so we kind of got to look at it and. Um, you know, we were excited to see it and we got to see Des as a right wing back and we said, okay, you know, excited because he's been doing this with Barcelona as a right wing back. And personally, I thought he had a crap game as a right wing back. So that made me rethink like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if a 3-4-3 is really um, the system that we want to go with, right? I mean, I think a 4-3-3, everyone kind of understands and, and seems like we, we understand it a bit more. But um, curious on your thoughts, Kale. Um on that three four three versus four two three, and and how we shape up, and and how Berhalter kind of puts those teams out there. Yeah, good question. Uh, I think at the end of the day, the job of the coach and and Berhalter, in, in this case, is is to put the players at, at comfort. Um, you know, I, I, there's obviously challenges working within a national team, and and the amount of time that you get to spend with the players and. You know, the you know, have the opportunities to really work um, with them and 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 work together. Um, you know, with with other players, you know, to be able to establish those relationships and uh, and those sort of things. So I think that's certainly a challenge. Um, you know, as you said, maybe it wasn't his best game. That's not to say that he can't do it and moving forward right. in the future. Maybe he needs a little bit more time there. Um, you know, so. I think moving forward, I, I you know, I would hope that he has a plan and kind of sticks to it and, and can try to uh, execute it over over several matches, um, maybe a couple tournaments. But I think in, in world soccer in general, I think you have to always adjust to the opponent um, yeah, circumstances. So I, I think elite footballers, you know, are just good soccer players and understand positionally what what roles and responsibilities are and. And as a coach, you just try to put them, you know, in areas where they can can perform and execute, um, 
you know, regardless of maybe not playing in a position. So, um, right. yeah, I, I think hopefully uh, they can establish some sort of normality amongst the group um, and some relationships that, you know, we can see over a period of time. Um, but I just, I just think every, a lot of, a lot of people play against a four, three, three. I think it's, you know, and, and when yeah. you see it a lot and when you play against it a lot, you, you know what to expect. Um, and I, and I think, um, I think a back line of three and adding players higher up the field, I, I think presents different challenges for the opposition. Um, yep. and, and I, Certainly. and I think we have quality in those areas too. Um, you know, I think we, they're young players, but I think there's there's quality there, um, and I think they're only going to get better. So, I think if we get yeah. if we can hide, you got to always look to highlight the best players on the roster. You know, the Reynos, yeah. the Ballistics, um, you know, and I and I think that's, I, yeah. you got to tweak it a little bit. But you know, for me, maybe more of a transitional game, but um, you know, and, and just be athletic. You know, you've got McKinney and you've got Adams that are extremely athletic that can yeah, cover can spaces. Cover yeah, yeah. Um, McKinney, right? He just the stat came out. He, he's of all Champions League players this year, covers the most ground of any Champions League player, more ground than anybody else in Champions League this year. So yeah, you're right. He, he's athletic, and I think Kill. I think you just gave some sage advice as well, right? You got to highlight, you know, Pulisic and, and Reina and these guys who are your playmakers and who are going to be we're looking for goals, right? So I, I think one of the things you mentioned too is like, yeah, you, you got to figure out how do you put the other team under pressure, right? I mean, you have this 4-3-3 that so many teams use, but you, if you shift, if you potentially have the ability to go back and forth, depending on your opponent and how you want to dictate the game, right? I mean, you want to kind of get your, your system down in the way you play, but yeah, do you want, do you want to have the ability to maybe make that change? You know, you're having these three game windows of qualifiers come September Maybe it's not the same formation every game. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that you want to stray too far away from, you know, what your principles are, what your game model is. Yeah. Um, but tweaks, you know, here and there to adjust, I think, are essential, are important. Um, but look, you know, the top top clubs, top teams in the world, you know, it's a good team if you, the opponent knows what's coming, but there's nothing you can do about it. Um, mm. And you know, mm. uh, if you if you look at some of the best clubs in the world, I mean, you understand what the game model is what, when you're watching and, and what they're trying to do. And obviously, the opponent knows. Um, but there's still there's nothing they can do about it, despite knowing what's coming. And, and so, the ability to execute at a high level like that is what makes the difference. Um, and I think that's a that's a that's a level that the the, the you know the national team needs to get to. Um, is uh, yeah. is that consistency and that that ability to put stress on the opponent, um, make them uncomfortable, um, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously easier said than done. But uh, you know, I think I think we're moving in direction that we have players that can do that, um, you know, which is the exciting part. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kale, I I got a question. Um, you've omitted. Someone that I have penciled in in my starting okay. lineup, whether it's a four, th- mm. whether it's a four three three or a three four three. Is it Danny Day or Cody Carlson? No, <laughs> no, we Kale Rodriguez. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Kale, you used to cover ground uh, as a six, but 
I think McKenney and Adams cover a little bit more ground than you did. I, no offense. I think they covered more ground in one game than I did maybe in my career. So. <laughs> that might be true. Um, but no, the player that, I, that I'm talking about is Anthony Robinson. Uh, I have him penciled mm-hmm. in as a left back, um, you know, in a 4-3-3. Uh, or in a three-four-three, three. I, I actually have him uh, in my preferred three-four-three three lineup. I have him as the left-sided center back in the back three. Um, mm. and my reasoning for that is, I, I don't think he's that great technically going forward, but he's so athletic and pacey that he can just cover pacey wingers, right, and pacey attacking players, and just defend and you know give the ball up to better playmakers, playmakers, um, and and go with that but obviously you've put Cannon in instead of Anthony Robinson so curious about that kind of decision maybe and and what I've said maybe about Robinson yeah it's it's you know it's almost a coin flip um you know I think uh I think for the purpose of of the podcast and just for fun you know just throw a little bit of a, a surprise out there and see what see what the people think so that was that was my intention but yeah there's, yeah, there's something about Reggie that I think he just carries a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger to him. Um, I don't, I don't. He's definitely got pace and athleticism. You know, he, he honestly at times Reggie Cannon almost feels a little more reliable to me than Anthony Robinson does. Yeah, I mean they kind of switch off game to game. I, I wish one of them would step up and just be that guy, but it doesn't necessarily show sure. uh, seem like either. Yeah, of them is. I'm, I'm banking on you know Reggie's recent move to Europe and and. And hopefully that continues to develop his game, and um, you know. And so I'm trying to like project into the future how these guys are gonna, yeah. you know, where they're gonna be at, and you know, we're talking late yeah. 2022 ultimately because that's yeah. that's that's the grand prize. Yeah. So, um, right. Well, the question though, Kale, was if we're playing a game tomorrow. Uh, so, mm. I, well, I'm know, still gonna so. go with Reggie. Still gonna go with Reggie. Fair enough. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. <laughs> and that's fair. That's fair. I just wanted to. Pick my that my twelve guys see. is gonna beat your eleven guys. So <laughs> see, smart again. The tactics are just yeah. uncanny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't argue with that. <laughs> oh, love that. Well, Kale, man, it's been fun to have you on here. But I think before we let you go. Um, I do have one more question for you. Chris Richards, he's my guy. <laughs> do you see him, you're projecting out, okay, if we're going to project out, starter, starting for Hoffenheim now, um, playing really well, obviously he's been at Bayern Munich, they've they've shipped him out to Hoffenheim. <clears throat> if we're projecting out to this fall or, you know, part of the World Cup qualifiers, how do you, what kind of impact do you see Chris Richards making across that back line? Yeah, I think he'll get opportunities, no question. Um you know, you would have to think he's playing at one of the highest levels and playing well. Um, that he'll get some opportunities. I think he'll be right there with, with you know, Dest battling it out for you know um, an opportunity there, um, or or anyone else in the back line. Um, yeah. He he has to he has to um, be in the group certainly. I would think um, if if not as a starter, as a guy that you know. Is a, is a reliable player, you know, that can slot in any moment in the back line. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I, I like I like Richards a lot. I like where his game is going. I think he has a a really bright future. Um, so you should you should be ex- 
you you are a very excited person about the men's national team in general, but <laughs> you, you should be excited about Chris Richards. So. <clears throat> well, I think that's the thing I like about him too. Is right, he's he is very versatile. He plays in the back three at Hoffenheim, plays in that left sided uh, left part left side of the back three. So he he can play that, but then he can also for the U.S. I think they could slot him in, yeah, even at the right back spot or in a right center back spot, and depending on where you have everyone else situated. So. I think that that's the nice thing we see. Danny right just right? needs him on the field, man. Put him, <laughs> on, him the on the field. field. Take him, him take Pulisic out and put, <laughs> yeah. and put Richards up there, man. Just yeah, get him yeah. out there. <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm just saying, I, I think that he's going to be a big player for us. And I just wanted to get your thoughts. So I'm glad to hear that I'm not just like way off in left field. I think, I, my assessment <laughs> of him is decent, at least. Yeah, he's uh, he had a heck of a game today. Uh, <clears throat> Hoffenheim versus Tyler Adams, Leipzig. That was a great mm-hmm. U.S. versus U.S game and uh yeah chris richards is lights out right in a boring zero zero game but as hey a man, defender, man of the match want. performance yeah <laughs> love to see so, it i yeah i think uh you know danny's ready for chris richards right now i still think <laughs> long aaron long john brooks even matt miazga right now i think might have the edge over him but i think come 22 world cup chris richards might have those guys beat so we'll see that's a, that's a fun one to keep an eye on for sure well, Kale, any uh, parting thoughts for us? U.S. Men's National Team. It's a big summer ahead. We got Nations League, Gold Cup, leading all the way up to, obviously, no longer the Olympics, unfortunately, but leading up to our September qualifiers. What's uh, you, you got a good feeling about this team? What do you think? I'm a little bit more, I would consider, realistic about the group. Okay. Uh, Skeptical, you're saying. Okay. Half glass. <clears throat> empty and full but yeah uh i i like the direction we're going um i just think we're very young and i think i think it's i think the fact that we have more guys playing in in, you know the better leagues across the across the globe is certainly a, a positive sign but you need enough guys that are the guys at at that level mm-hmm. um you know and um I don't think we're quite there yet, but I think there's, I think the pool is, is as talented as it's ever been, um, and surely enough, with enough time, um, I think we'll we'll uh, we'll be in a really nice place. Um, I, I think I have the utmost confidence in the group and the staff that will will be into the tournament. Um, <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, uh, considering what happened in the previous cycle um yeah we, we don't want to talk sure. about that that's yeah but that's I, I have to believe that we'll we'll be representing uh, the u.s in, in the world cup in 22 um and I, I think the goal has to be to be competitive and to be able to exit out of the group and then from there it's mm-hmm. you know um anything can happen so um so i'm excited for that i'm excited to see where they go um, I'm curious about this Gold Cup. I'm curious to see what what players Berhalter selects, and you know, I the I guess that's been the one frustrating part is just kind of like seeing a different group every single time. Every you know, time. and it's just like, yeah. okay, what are we what are we really getting? Um, you know, yeah. yeah. Let's narrow let's narrow the pool, Greg. Right, like we keep seeing. Yeah, you, you've had a Greg. You've had a full year to kind of get through your guys of yeah who who you want to look at. Okay, it's time now. Every game forward, I think besides one, 
is going to be a counting game basically for the rest of this year. So it's like there's no more messing around. Right. Yeah, I think we play, we have a friendly against Switzerland at the end of May. Yes. Um, and then everything else is a match that counts, right? Whether it's Gold Cup, whether it's the Octagon World Cup qualifiers, right? Um, so I've got to get it done now. Agreed. That's, that's what you need those type of games, right? When the pressure's on and when, you know, you're playing for something, that's, that's when you really know what, what you have to work with and who you can rely upon, you know, when it counts. So, It'll be a, it'll be an interesting couple of competitions, certainly. Well, this has been uh, the Play the Advantage U.S. Men's National Team podcast. Uh, Kale, thanks for joining us tonight. It's been it's been a lot of fun to to get to connect with you and see you again, talk some some bulldog memories, and talk U.S. Men's National Team. So so thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Well, All right, for Kale. Kale- Yeah, for Cody, I'm Danny, and uh, for Mr. Kale Rodriguez, thanks for joining us, everybody, and we'll uh, see you next time.